Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Mems, a.k.a. Mr. This Is Why I'm Hot. And right now you're locked into the Jake Brown Show. Hey, this is Rick Peterson. You're listening to the Jake Brown Show, former pitching coach of the Moneyball A's and the New York Mets. Welcome to the Jake Brown Show, part duh this week. CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. Subscribe, rate us five stars, and write a review on iTunes Podcast, and follow us on Spotify as well. Take me out to the ball game. Baseball's back, and it feels like Christmas in April. Passover for the Jews. But the opening day game was incredible at City Field. Baseball's here, and we'll talk plenty of baseball on this part of the show for all you baseball fans. And later on, we'll talk a little NBA basketball as well. But we got to start off with baseball because it's finally back, and it's here, and it's in the flesh. Game one of 162 and opening day. Opening day at City Field. The grass is green. The sun is shining. Baseball is in the air. The stadium is at capacity. 42,000 plus people all outside on a gorgeous spring afternoon for one common cause. In this case, their love for the New York Mets. Everything is lined up for beauty. Fresh season, fresh start, new roster, deep rotation, but most importantly, America's favorite pastime is here. And for me, it's special. Opening day brings a tradition unlike any other. And I'm sorry, Jim Nance. But this year, 2017, marked the 15th consecutive Mets opening day or home opener that I have been to with my father 15 straight years that we have found a way to both be in Queens on the very same day and make sure we were at that stadium. Whether it was a last-minute ticket, whether it was very far in advance ticket, a couple of weeks in advance, we always found a way to get a ticket. Usually a good seat. Usually field level almost every year for this day. And why? I was raised to bomb baseball. When I was a kid, when I was first a kid, I was a Yankee fan, and I switched to being a Mets fan. But it was the sport that... That was there every night. It was there every day. From April through October. There was always a game on. Occasional off day here and there. But 162 and hopefully this year more. Games. Nights. Afternoons. 
there was three to four, sometimes five, and very rarely six hours where you could be in front of the TV or, more importantly, at the ballpark watching this beautiful game that we love. And the first day is just, it's it's Christmas for me. My team is back. I live 10 minutes from the ballpark. You're with your father, the guy who got you into the game, the guy that got you into the sport. One that you weren't particularly good at. You could throw the ball. I couldn't hit at all. The only time I try to hit, I try to bunt for a single when I played Little League in my one year. After that, I retire. A one-year wonder, as they say. But every night, you battle the ups, the downs, the in-betweens. And with the Mets, there are plenty of downs. But how special it is to be back. And just the smell of hot dogs. And how City Field, the hot dog is for peasants. Because there is everything else. But that original hot dog, nothing's better. And just seeing the roster lineup chills every time they announce the roster lineup on that foul line. Chills every year I get every time. And I always love to get there early because of the announcement of the players, the starting lineup. Everyone's ready. Everyone's excited. No matter what that guy did last year, they're usually excited. Like a Jay Bruce. You, you throw away what he did for the majority of the Mets. And you say, it's a fresh start. It's a new year. It's a new opportunity. New year, new Mets. New year, new me. And I think that, that first game just tells you, you know what? There's, there's hope. There's hope for a better tomorrow. And as corny and cheesy as that may sound, there's just something different about opening day unlike the other games. It's No matter how good or bad your team's going to be, it's saying, you know what? We have hope. Let's do this. Let's be great. And most of the times they're not. But this one just stood out. It had that feeling, you know what? 15-year anniversary opening day with my dad. Maybe the best Mets roster in a decade. This one stood out as something special. The intros, people rousing ovations for Syndergaard, for David Wright, who said we hope to have him. You had Reyes back there in the number one spot. It felt like 2006, 2007. It's, it felt like those winning years all over again. And, and you felt it in the ballpark. You felt the feel of, you know what, this is something special. And it means a lot for me that this tradition to go on because I can't imagine, I cannot imagine a year where I'm not at opening day. I feel like I could be on my deathbed in a wheelchair. You will get me a wheelchair accessible seat and I will be at City Field. And I carried it over from Shea to City. I got 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, 08. I got six years of Shea. And now nine years. Next year will be 10 years of a new ballpark opening days. And to say I've gotten to go to 15 straight opening days out of 26 years of my life is special. Almost every year since I've been a fan. I mean, I was a fan maybe starting at around seven or eight. I missed a couple of years. But since then, I mean, 15 to 26 years. And I, I hope to take that till I'm till I die.
and until my dad goes, I mean, hopefully he goes another 30 years. It's going to be tough. But to make it work, especially with his travel schedule, my busy schedule with work and him traveling the freaking globe to make it happen, it's a special day for the, the father-son, for the tradition, for family, and just for a new chapter. And it really felt special this year. And I really think it's going to be a special year for the New York Mets. But opening day, man, you cannot beat it. There's no there's no game better than the opener. And you come out, it's a it's a zero zero game. And everyone's there too. All your friends are there. You meet up with people, you say, We're back. Ah, the, the hype this year. It's literally Christmas in April. It's December twenty fifth was April third this year. That's how it felt at City Field. And just a picture picture perfect day at the ballpark picture perfect I mean the sun shining 62 degrees and it was amazing that wraps up my little opening day emotional speech we'll actually talk baseball now right here on the Jake Brown show and played out at iTunes and Spotify now let me tell you, it's scary a little bit here. The Mets, and the Mets-wise, it's a little scary because in the first game of the season, Noah Syndergaard leaves the game with a blister. Now it's a blister. But then later on, you hear Seth Lugo has a partially torn UCL and is going to miss a decent amount of time. So a quick five, seven-man starting rotation immediately turn a five and then the blister a four. I mean, Syndergaard's fine. But they're quickly dropping like flies in Metsland. So it, it concerns you a little bit. I would imagine, Luke, that it, it's a little concerning to know that you they were so deep and already Mats is out till May and Lugo, you would assume, is back in May or June, but that's very far from likely. It's very Metsy for that kind of thing to happen, for injuries to happen literally in the first day of the season. But again... This is why it was so important that they did have depth, where if they lose two starters within a week, they still have five. If a normal team loses two starters in the first week, they're down to three. The Mets still have five. And Gazelman is going to be such an X factor for the Mets and a big part of this team, where he's likely going to start all year. Because you know there's going to be an injury here and there. You don't know when Mats is going to actually come back. Robert Gazelman is going to have a pivotal role in the Mets as... Jacob DeGrom kind of junior with that hair. And I think he'll be good to to take that role. And I think Lugo proved, you know what? This guy looked good at times in the World Baseball Classic. He was pitching for his country. And that's huge. That's huge. They they threw him in the title game. He threw him out in the title game where he didn't perform great. But you know what? Of every guy that came out of Puerto Rico, he was the guy they wanted to throw out for that for that final game. That's got to say something about him. Yeah, I mean, he's good. And so this is a little bit of a blow for the Mets in terms of depth. In terms of depth, it's a blow for the Mets. Um, But I think what we saw yesterday is this. The Mets have the ability to win with small ball and big ball. 
The thing with the Mets is they're very uh, say have hit or miss hit or miss bats. They have a lot of hit or miss bats. They have bats who are either going to hit a home run or they're going to strike out. But what's important is that their lineup is deep from one to eight. And when Rene Rivera is getting hits in the eight spot, you know the opposing team's in trouble. And let's not go crazy here. You're playing the Atlanta Braves. It's game one of 162. But it shows you that the Mets have talent, man. And they have the lineup. And once Familia comes back, they'll have a solid back into the bullpen. Getting there is going to be interesting, as you saw in the end there. Gazelman scared us uh, in that ninth inning coming in for kind of mop-up duty to prepare for his start, which will now be sat- Saturday and Syndergaard will go Sunday. But it's that hope. It's that new feeling. And I'm expecting 93 to 95 wins this year. This is a team that has a chance to be great. They really do. Yeah. It's finally, you know, I mean, the injuries obviously match. You want it to be healthy. Lugo, you want them to be healthy. But at the end of the day, this is year three of this, you know, this 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 match run. Yep. This is when, you know, you you put the pedal to the metal. I mean, you know, the first couple of years they were just young guys. But now, you know, it's time to be great. Yep. Can the Mets be great? I think they can. I think they have. Make, them, make the Mets great again. The Mets, they scare. Well, two things not, don't scare me, but they, they worry me. They trouble me. Defense, I think, is a real issue with this team. Especially in the outfield. I think, well, I, I like Cespedes. I think the issue, Granderson is an issue in center a little bit. And Bruce doesn't have a good arm. I don't think he's horrible defensively. And I, I'm not wild about Darno. Yeah, Darno's a liability. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's good. You have Rene Rivera defensively, where him and Syndergaard are basically buds, where Rene Rivera will probably start every time Syndergaard pitches. Um, and my other thing I would say is I, the offense is nice. But if Bruce doesn't come together, I think this team needs one more bat. And it may have to be in the outfield. It may be at first, maybe a third. Bruce is such an X factor in his team. If he could be a 30-homer guy, they're him. good. And I think Neil Walker had a great spring where you hope he's good. He adds that switch hit bat in there uh, that you need. And the Mets lineup is deep. And catcher production will be big for them. Can they get something out of that eight spot? Because if they do... Who's going to stop this team? Who's going to stop me, huh? I don't know. So, again, you're playing the measly Braves, who could probably lose to some minor league teams, but do have a couple. They have a decent lineup. Half of his decent. I mean, Brandon Phillips, Nick Markakis, Kemp, who had an cr- incredible year yeah, last Kemp year. Kemp had Noah. great numbers. Yeah, he was really good. And you have, of course, Freddie Freeman. So half of their lineup is pretty solid. The other half is not that great, and they're – Relief pitching is terrible, and they have a couple good starters in Cologne, Dickey, and Teheran, and then no one else. But good Mike signs. Boltonewich. Yeah, he's he's awful. Good signs for the Mets, um, and I'm ready, man. That, I'll be there all week at City Field, and just being at baseball game, nothing better. I mean, you cannot beat a baseball game. You you just can't. Like you can't beat going to. Be- it's a great date, first off. Like. It's a great outing with anybody, not just the days. I'll I'll go with you and hang out. Well, yeah. If I don't like a girl, though, I'm going to enjoy the game. So people argue and say, "Hey, you got to hang out with them for three hours." It's like I'm watching the Mets. So even if it's awkward, I don't like them. Okay, I won't talk to them. I'll watch the game. (laughs) It's like I got them the damn free ticket. It's like all right, I did my part. Um, So it's it's a win win. So I love going. I mean, you know, I've been to what. 
80 games, over 80 games last two seasons total. I've been to a, a half season of games in two years, which is nuts. Um, 81's an entire home f- schedule in a oh, season. Entire home schedule, yeah, you're right. I've been to half schedule base the last two years, so I went a lot. I don't foresee myself going that much, but I'm so happy it's back. Now, I mean, the other news, I mean, it's not just a Mets show. We talk everything here. Um, the Orioles' Mark Trumbo hit the first Orioles walk-off home run in their opening day history. Catch it outside. How about that? Hey, Orioles are nice. That's a nice squad. I yeah, no pitching though. I don't know if they did a lot yet. I don't know if they did a lot to improve themselves, but you know, this is a team that was in the wild card game last year. Good team. Yeah. They can they can do some things. <laughs> Especially if Trumbo keeps it up cuz he had an outstanding season and coming off of a couple seasons where everyone thought he was done. He came back at what? 30 plus 40 home runs. Yeah, he was big last year, and he, I wanted him on the Mets, another power bat. Um, but the Orioles will be interesting offensively. How about Madison Bumgarner and the Giants? Bumgarner hits two homers, yet they still lose. I mean, how, do you, lose a, how do you lose a game where your pitcher hits two home runs? And the legend of Madison Bumgarner continues. I mean, this guy is no bum. He's a little bit of a bum in terms of the psycho elements he has where he gets into fights with people. It's very odd. Um, but other Whatever than that, he's doing is working. The he's guy could doing hit. Great things. The guy could hit. Um, the Yankees lost their opener, and the Yankees. A lot of it's going to rely rely on Tanaka. If he is off, they will have a just awful season because their starting pitching is a train wreck. Back into the bullpen, solid starting pitching, train wreck. Lineup, decent. So the Yankees, a lot's going to ride on one and two. CC. And Tanaka, Tanaka CC are going to be big. And CC has been just a large shell of himself. He's just been a disaster the last couple of years. So they're going to need Tanaka to be a true ace. And Masahiro Tanaka has proven far from being a true ace in that $140 million contract he got with the Yankees. Far from it. So Tanaka's got a lot to prove. The Red Sox, who my favorite in the AL, they go out and win 5-3. Uh, getting the ball to Kimbrell is going to be the one issue for the Red Sox. That middle relief is a little bit shaky, and they're going to need starters to go deep. But Rick Porcello wins opening day, um, and Kimbrell gets the job done. The Nationals beat the Marlins. Steven Strasburg with a good opening uh, start. The the Twins, uh, I, sh- I don't need to go around the league here, but the Twins beat the Royals. Um, Just excited to talk baseball. Yeah, man. Baseball is in the air. I feel you. Talk all the baseball you want, man. Yeah. And Dallas Keuchel. uh, Felix Hernandez was hurt. Um, So that's going to be interesting. A groin issue. He's coming off a down year. A couple down years, too. So that's not a good way to start. It's supposed to be a big comeback year for him. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting story to watch. The Mariners, who a lot of teams are picking the wild. Bob Nightingale told me last week he likes the Mariners as a wild card. He agreed with me. Mets over Red Sox, but... I know you like the Mariners as a wild card. Bob liked them as a wild card. A lot will rely on them on that second half of the rotation, which is not very good. We know they have a decent lineup and they have the, the Felix Hernandez, but after that, a lot of too many question marks for me for the, to pick the Mariners to go to the playoffs. Um, but baseball fever, man, it's here, it's in the air, and uh, I can't wait for this season to be at City Field. Moving over to a little NBA basketball here. Um, Kevin Durant may return this weekend, but my question is why? And before, oh, we, f- we forgot to, we forgot to get into it. I have to go back. This oh, is a poor, a poor job by me. Can we hear the 
fan who I totally am with on this, where he was going to the game and New Jersey Transit caused him some issues. Transit is the absolute worst. I'm not going to get to my game now because they are incompetent. Incompetent. I mean, New Jersey Transit, how are you going to mess up on opening day? How are you going to catch him outside? He won't be outside. He'll be inside. How about that? I mean, poor guy. I'm, I feel his pain because I actually, for Artie Lang, there was those New Jersey trans delays, and I couldn't really go because I didn't want to wait in front. I mean, you know how if there's a delay, the lines just become massive at, at Penn Station to get to New Jersey, and I wanted no part of that. So that's part of why I missed Artie Lang. Um, so you, f- you feel for that guy who was on the news complaining about New Jersey transit. And then the savage move by the reporter, this man was worried about making his gain. Other people were worried about getting to work. Well, of course people got work. I mean, come on. I mean, we know that. But this is opening day. I mean, screw work for a second here. We're talking about Mets opening day in a championship season. It's spring Christmas. It's, one, it's the most expensive ticket of the year. I mean, think about it. My my seats end up being at StubHub 144 for opening day. Basically the same seats for Wednesday night's game after fees, $19. So we're talking about a difference of $120 in value. This guy probably shelled a decent amount to go, and he's being screwed because he's trying to take the cheapest form of transportation and is struggling to get it done. The guy's going to take an Uber. It's going to cost him $60, $70. So, I mean, you knew it. You took the Uber from a store, and it's a long ride. So it, he would have never made it, and now he gets screwed over thanks to New Jersey Transit. So you need to buy that guy Mets tickets. And honestly, a good PR move for New Jersey Transit here uh, although other people are going to complain about it too, is to hook that guy up with something. A fr- free monthly pass, free Met tickets, maybe work with the Mets to get him on the field or something. We need to see a good story. This guy's going places. He was passionate. This guy's electric. He was passionate. Highly get, recom- out. get out. Highly recommend seeing the video if you haven't because you can, you can hear it and you can kind of feel like the, the anger in this guy's voice, but to see it, Oh man, it's it's something. It's a it's a great video. New Jersey transit. Come on, son. Come on. I mean, it's unacceptable on the one game where you're paying top dollar to see baseball. But I'll, anyways, I'll say this though. What? New Jersey transit. They think that's bad. They don't know bad train. So like you lure. take the Long Island Railroad. Long Island Railroad. Oh my goodness. Long Island Railroad is like. They got it good in Jersey. Long Island Railroad is like the Jerome James contract with the Knicks. (laughs) New Jersey Transit. Shout out Jerome James. New Jersey Transit is like the. New Jersey Transit is like the. um, New Jersey Transit is like Michael Sweetney's weights. (laughs) (laughs) New Jersey Transit is like the contract of. Bobby Bonilla basically still getting paid a million a year to sit on his couch. I mean, that's what news. I mean, you could say Bobby Bonilla. You could say the Jason Bay contract. You could say it's. You pay a lot of money and you you expect you a certain amount of service. You expect something back. And when you don't get it, it disappoints you, you know. The trance is too damn high. Anyways, back to basketball. Kevin Durant may return this weekend, but my question remains why? Why? I, I, I understand with 
let's get him some reps before the playoffs. But why not wait till the last game or two? Don't rush him back because if he re-aggravates this injury, your chances at a title and beating the Spurs and beating someone in the East have gone down the drain. So I, I disagree with this decision, honestly, by the Golden State Warriors. I would wait a little bit longer because this is sooner than you expect. This is more of the four-week range in that four to six category. I would have waited closer to six to bring him back. Now, it's not official he'll be back Saturday, but they're saying the reports are that he might. Again, maybe wait a week. But in a week, honestly, next weekend, April 15th, next weekend is the is the uh, playoffs. So I would have said wait to the final game, but the final game they're probably going to be resting everyone. So I, if you're going to play him Saturday, don't play him again the rest of the regular season. Honestly. See if he's good for maybe 15, 20 minutes, then re- rest him. He could do that in practice. He's Kevin Durant. The guy doesn't need to see some game action to be ready. He can see one game action and then sit his ass down. There's no need. De'Aaron Fox declared for the NBA draft, and I said this guy proved his value in the tournament, that he's going to be a good point guard out of Kentucky. And he's going to be a solid NBA point guard. Malik Monk also declared for the draft, a guy who kind of regressed in the tournament. Didn't have a really good tournament, but we saw the plenty of offensive potential from this kid. And you know what? These guys want it done. They're going to do it no matter what their year was. If they have the talent, they're going to go to the draft because they want to cash out. Some players, it makes more sense to stay. Some, it doesn't. In Monk's case, it makes more sense to go. De'Aaron Fox makes more sense to go. There's going to be some good players in this NBA draft this year. We'll also get into a little NFL draft later this month, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're also going to have... The ex-genie in this month. James Monroe Igar should be here this month. Now one of the stars of Hamilton will be in the building. Again, I said Lenny Dykstra in the building this week. Other NBA news. Carmelo Anthony thinks his end-of-season meeting with Phil Jackson will be tense. You'll need cameras from Maury and Jerry Springer in for that one. That's going to get interesting. That whole Knicks, the Knicks debacle is on another level. I mean, this was a team that I thought would be an easy easy playoff team, and they've been nothing close to it. And luckily they do have their first-round pick, and hopefully it is in the top three maybe. But I, I could see punches thrown in that meeting. How about the Celtics right now? The Boston Celtics are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. The Cavaliers have entered the mode of, are we are we good enough? Are we strong enough? Five games left. The Cavs will play the Celtics this week. And man, oh man, how about these Boston Celtics? They have showed us they're legit. And actually tonight, Wednesday, it's Celtics-Cavs. Battle for the one seed. And the Wizards have been shaky lately, but they have showed to us, you know what, maybe they can meet the cap in a series. But I would love to see Boston versus Cleveland in a seven-game series because I think it'll be a dogfight. I think it'll go seven. And the Celtics honestly showed us, keep your pieces, and it might not work out too badly. And that's what they did. They kept their pieces, and they're right there at the top of the East. Remember, they were rumored to trade for Butler or Paul George and they haven't needed it. Would it have helped? Maybe. But they have solid depth, and Isaiah Thomas is MVP candidate. Not going to win it. 
James Harden is the MVP, despite Russell Westbrook's triple-double stat line. What James Harden has done for that Rockets is take them to another level. Russell Westbrook has no one else on the team, so he's forced to put up numbers because he is the man. Harden has just carried the Rockets to a top-five team in the league. The Rockets right now have the third-best record in the NBA, and they're in third in the West. The Warriors, Spurs, Rockets, then Boston, then Cleveland, and then Utah and Toronto. But, man, the Celtics are – it's a fun team. It's its fun to see someone right there above the Cavs because everyone said, oh, it's the Cavs and the rest of the guys. Put some respect on their name. The Boston Celtics are here to stay. And I am not ready to shoe in the Cavs to the NBA Finals. A couple of months ago, maybe. But the Celtics are saying, you know what, we're here. The Wizards are saying, you know what, we might have a chance too. I don't trust Toronto, honestly. But I think Wizards maybe, Celtics definitely have a solid chance of taking down the Cavs. NBA playoffs are going to be fun this year, I think. I think it's not as shooing as we would expect. The Warriors aren't as shooing as we would expect with a banged-up KD, although I think he'll be fine. They're not as shooing because, you know, the Spurs are going to give him a run for their money. And the Cavs have not become a shooing, which means we're going to have some really good series in the NBA playoffs. And the regular season's kind of worn on me at this point. It's like, let's get to the playoffs already. Let's do it. Let's see what these guys got. Let's see who will come out of the East. Let's see if someone can stop the Warriors. And, I, and I've argued in the past couple of weeks, the regular season the NBA has lost a lot of importance. It's lost a lot of value. And we see that with players resting as we talked a couple of weeks ago. Some guys don't care about these games. They'll sit. They don't care. They want the playoffs. And I think Adam Silver has to work on something to make the regular season more competitive because right now it's just not at that level yet. And in the West, teams are pretty much set. Denver's a game and a half behind. Going to be a little difficult for them to get that nine seed. And in the East, it's going to be a little interesting here. Indiana losing the tiebreaker to Miami, but Indiana is tied with them. And Charlotte is a game back, and Detroit is two games back. And then after that, everyone else is done, starting with those terrible Knicks. So the East spots still up for grabs there. The West pretty much set unless Denver could put on a late run. But Portland's been playing so well, I expect Portland to get that spot, which makes for a much better series, in my mind. Portland versus Golden State versus Denver versus Golden State. I think Portland is going to give a little bit more of a challenge than Golden State. And obviously it starts with Damian Lillard. Playoffs next weekend. We'll get ready to preview those playoffs. We'll have an NBA preview show with an NBA expert. Baseball is here. But coming up next on the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's played on it, iTunes and Spotify. We're taking you out to the ball game in a different sense with Daily Fantasy Insider, a guy who does this every day, who picks players every day in baseball and does it very well. Turned $25 into 100000 now cashing in more, paying for his education at UNC. He'll tell us about that UNC title and what that experience was like. And he'll tell us about daily fantasy sports. It's, it's 
it's Justin McMahon. Justin McMahon of Daily Fantasy Insider is joining us next on the Jake Brown Show. Play it at iTunes and Spotify, baby. Hi, this is Dick Stockton, and you're listening to the Jake Brown Show. And welcome back to the Jake Brown Show. CBS Radio's Play It at iTunes, Spotify is where you find us, and subscribe there and follow at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show on social media. Joining us on the show now, if you if you want your expertise in DFS or DF Daily Fantasy Games, uh, Daily Fantasy Sports, DFG, DFS. We have a DFI, a Daily Fantasy Insider, the co-founder and CEO of Daily Fantasy Insider, and a guy who might be a little hungover because he was celebrating a national championship, Roy Williams' third national title at UNC. He is a Tar Heel himself. It's Justin McMahon on the line. What's going on, Justin? Oh, thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. Yeah, man. Take us through before we get into fantasy stuff. Uh, the celebration last night in Chapel Hill. I have yeah. to imagine it was absolute mayhem. Oh, it was awesome. So we rush Franklin Street here in Chapel Hill when we get a championship or we beat Duke. So the second the game ended, every door flies open and every kid goes running towards Franklin. And uh, it's just absolutely nuts for a couple hours. There's fires being started. Kids are passing furniture like couches over the crowd and they end up in the middle of the crowd and they get lit on fire. And uh, it's just a crazy time. And then everybody heads to the bars until they close at around 3. And then after that, we finally head home. So I was able to sleep in this morning. I didn't have any classes till 1230. So luckily, I'm feeling pretty good. Is everyone okay? Were there injuries? Did anyone actually light on fire? Uh, A couple (laughs) kids, I saw them fall into something that was on fire. And they got up and weren't on fire. So I remember thinking they got pretty lucky that they didn't quickly catch fire. So as far as I could tell, no one got seriously injured. But I would be shocked if no one got at least a little hurt. I know a friend of mine twisted an ankle. That's about as bad as I heard. Tar Heel Nation still surviving. Now, you entered this tournament. Did you? I mean, you guys were a one seed, but you had seven losses coming in. Did you expect them to go on this deep run? Yeah, yeah, I actually did. Everybody who asked me who they should pick in their bracket, I said, you know, I, I really did a lot of non-biased research, and it may not sound that way since I go here, but I really think UNC should win it all. Uh, and some of our games were a little closer than I would have hoped. That Kentucky game was just such a nail-biter. Um, but overall, I did think we were the best team this year, so this, this is the result that I expected. Justin McMahon. Follow him on Twitter, at Justin McMahon, and check out dfiuniversity.com. All right, speaking of unbiased opinions, uh, you try to break it down every day as, as a daily fantasy insider. Tell us how you broke into this industry. It involves you basically playing for a while and coming up with six figures. Yeah, so I, I was on a plane and I read an article about a guy who played fantasy baseball for a living, and I thought, that sounds fun. I'd, I'd like to do that. Uh, so I did a lot of research, read a bunch of books on baseball stats, and and uh, came up with my first six-figure win uh, my sophomore year here at UNC. And then last year, my friends and I were able to take first place at the Playboy FanDuel Championship in Los Angeles. And that was another 100000 prize. And uh, it's just been great. We're having so much fun with it. And uh, we love running DFI University. We're in the chats every day talking to our users, telling them who we think is the best pick and why, and uh, just building lineups with people. And it's, it's a ton of fun. I mean, Nothing to complain about when you're playing fantasy sports for a living. How much did you invest to get to that point? 
Uh, I originally deposited $25 onto each site. So hmm. I'm kind of the, the storyline that they would want to be in a commercial. And it obviously doesn't go that way for everybody. I'm very fortunate, and, and I know that. Uh, but, yeah, I was able to take that 25 and turn it into a few thousand and over the first three or four months. And then I finally got that big win, and that really took it to the next level. Is this something you think you can or will make a living off of down the road here? I mean, you're still in college. You're still young. You know, so as, as the industry continues to grow, there's better and better advice out there, and there's better strategy. And, and we're a big culprit for that. I mean, we're putting out truly all of our strategies are available on our website. So we're helping level the playing field, which eventually will mean that uh, it'll be hard to make a living on it. I think at some point my edge will be gone to the point where it's just it's pretty even playing field. So it's definitely not my career plans, but I'm enjoying it while I'm in school, and it's, it's paying for my college. So that's nice. How do your tips help people, and how effective are they? In terms of when you guys post stuff, um, what tips do you give, give them, and how do they help uh, daily players? So a lot of sites give out a lot of different picks, and they talk about how much exposure you should have to each player in your lineup. And we kind of felt like that only catered to the really high-volume players who are throwing in tons of lineups. So we decided to change our approach, and we just give out a few picks each day called must-haves. And we say, have these guys in your lineup no matter what whether you're making three or four lineups or a bunch or just one like most people do, just just have these guys. And then we write really long paragraphs explaining all the stats that are in those guys' favor. Uh, and that's kind of different than the other approach that we've seen from a lot of our competitors, which is to give out a lot of picks with a little bit of reasons why each one is good. And our users really like that. that we And we play all of our own picks. We just say, look, we're researching for our own benefit, and here are the best players that we found, and here's why. How much and our users really seem to like it. How much time, Justin, would you say you invest into this kind of research? Because there's a lot of deep numbers and saber metrics and deep statistics you have to dive into uh, to give people these point, uh, pointers. Yeah, I probably spend about five or six hours a day on it. Wow. And it can be pretty difficult to do school uh, and balance a social life. And it's, it's one thing that I've been really happy with uh, all that I've learned in the last year and a half about how to do that work-life balance and uh, luckily, I'm, I'm not in too many hours this semester at UNC, and, and I've kind of had to lower my class load a little bit to, to make time for it. But it's definitely worth making time for, and, and I'm definitely enjoying it. Is there a site that you prefer that you use versus another in terms of DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever? Yeah, I actually I prefer FanDuel. I have a really cool uh, VIP account manager on FanDuel, and he and I have become close friends. So I like to play on there, and I get good support with him. and. Uh, I, I like a lot of their scoring systems better. For Other than football, for football, I think DraftKings is better um, because of the way that they do their scoring system. It's just a little more research-based. Do you play every single day? Do you like not miss a day? No. You know, I used to. I used to, and now I probably play three or four days a week. And, like, today I won't have time to play. I'm just uh, running all over the place and trying to – I make sure that the research is good. But now we have so many guys on our team. We actually have over 40 people uh, on our DFI team. And they've all been trained really well to do the research just the way that I would do it. So um, I, everyone's in good hands even on the days that I don't play. Now, what is – what do you enter, like, a 10-team pool? Do you enter one of those, like, $2 entries to win twenty five grand? Like, which kind of entries do you usually do? Yeah, so I usually try to go for some of the higher stakes ones, uh, $100, $300, mm-hmm. um, with like between 200 to 1,000 people. And I've had the most success in that area. Once you get into 100,000 entries, 
uh, it's pretty difficult. It's mostly luck if you can end up in first uh, rather than 100th because it's just a matter of a few points. So I try to keep the entries to about 200 to 1,000. So what's the most that you've wagered, and what's the most that I'm guessing the most you've won was 100,000, but most you wagered and most you won? Yeah, uh, on the day of the Playboy Mansion, technically the value of my entry fee was about 7,500, and we also joined the $1,000 500 league that day. So my total entry fees that day, in theory, were about 9,000. So that was for sure the most important day, and we spent days researching for that. So was that was the one you won a hundred grand when you bet nine thousand? Correct. Okay. Correct. So hey, it's, I mean, you you put a lot of money into it, so you were pretty pleased about that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're talking with Justin McMahon here on the Jake Brown Show. Um, in terms of sport, Justin, which one do you think is the hardest, and which one do you think is the easiest? I think that baseball is the easiest. It's the hardest for the casual player, and it's the easiest if you do your research the right way. And I think basketball is the opposite. I think most people think basketball is the easiest because it's so easy for everyone, and therefore basketball is the hardest. Because in NBA, uh, there's such easy calculations to make as far as points per minute on the court, and it's, it's not very difficult for people to make projections for basketball. Anything close to it is for baseball. Do you stick with just the daily fantasy games versus gambling at all on games? Like, do you use your research to get like to bet on spreads and stuff like that as well? Yeah, I didn't used to, and people kept telling me you got to do it because I've been using all your picks to make bets, and it works. And uh, I, I finally started doing it about six months ago, and uh, yeah, it's going pretty well. But it's definitely a, a backseat to DFS. Interesting. Where where do you see last one here before we let you go? Where do you see the industry going it seems like more and every day there's a brand new site uh to play do you think it's only going to get bigger or do you think uh it's going to get oversaturated i do think that it'll keep growing um i think at some point it'll kind of flatten out it started to reach that plateau in the last year but i do think it'll keep growing the legislation helps a lot it it regulates it makes sure the games are fair and uh i I do think the industry is going to continue to grow Justin McMahon, follow him on Twitter and check out DFIUniversity.com. Justin, appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, keep celebrating for the rest of the week here. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.